Hello and welcome to the first episode of Fast Break with Mackie. I'm your host, Mackie Jenner, and today I have the absolute honor of talking with Jessica Berman, the NLL's Deputy Commissioner. Jessica has a long history of working in the sports industry, and she's here today to talk to us about her past experiences and what it's like to work for the NLL. So without further ado, here we go. First of all, just thank you um, for being on the first episode again. Um, And, you know, just to kind of start, uh, just, you know, talk a little bit about where you're from, um, you know, where you went to school and how you kind of got started in uh, this career path. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. And from the time I was in high school, I always knew I wanted to work in sports. I grew up in a very diverse community where... I saw firsthand that uh, there were so few opportunities in our social fabric that brought different communities and people from different backgrounds together, and sports was one of those few things that I felt really united people, Yeah. and so I made the decision at that point that I wanted to work in sports, and I went on to attend the University of Michigan and had the opportunity to work for the athletic department where I managed the Michigan football, baseball, and hockey teams and went on to law school in New York at Fordham School of Law. Okay, cool. Where I uh, got involved in the sports law group and continued to get exposure in the industry. I worked at the NFL and I worked at IMG. And then went on to Proskauer Rose, where I practiced labor employment law. Okay. And had an opportunity to represent a whole bunch of different sports leagues as clients. Uh, ultimately spent most of my time on the National Hockey League. Yeah. And their uh, labor relations and went in-house there yeah. for 13 years before I came to the NLL. Okay, cool. Wow. that's That's crazy. I had no idea that... Um, you went to law school and kind of took that route and then kind of switched to, um, you know, as you're the deputy commissioner now. Um, what was it like to kind of, you know, have that instant start with that high of uh, sports organizations? Yeah, well, I feel like I had been building towards and working towards this opportunity that I have now for really my whole career. Yeah. So a lot of sweat equity and hard work and learning opportunities that led me to this place. For sure. uh, Still uh, have moments where I sort of pinch myself and say, wow, I I can't believe that I'm, you know, in this position where I'm able to kind of influence change and make an impact on an organization and the future of a sport. And really grateful to be where I'm at. No, absolutely. That's that's incredible. Um, so to kind of switch to, you know, the NLL, um, what exactly does the deputy commissioner do? Uh, well, a, a quick answer would be anything that needs to get done yeah. grows our, our revenue or our relevance. But more specifically, I would say some of the areas I'm really focused on are uh, – building capacity for our teams and really helping them to grow their businesses and really trained and schooled in the philosophy that the role of the league is to really be, in a lot of ways, a service organization to its teams to help them to share best practices and to uh, grow their business as much as they possibly can. So 
we deployed a, a series of strategies and tactics this past season to formalize the process where we're helping the teams to learn from one another and really facilitate the sharing of industry and lead best practices from a business standpoint. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely one area of focus. Another area of focus has been on culture and corporate social responsibility, diversity and inclusion. That's what I worked on when I was at the NHL for the right. last four years there. And I really believe that that's an essential element of any business's growth strategy, particularly sports, which mm-hmm. are really positioned as community assets. And uh, as I said, the whole reason I work in sports is because I believe sports is a platform for change and for for positive disruption in the world. And no, so sure. we've really uh, invested in uh, strategies that we'll be implementing next season to create a more um, a, a clearer league-wide framework around our CSR focus and initiative. Yeah. And uh, I guess uh, some other areas that I've been super focused on have been sports betting, really identifying it as an opportunity to facilitate fan engagement and interaction with our fans who we know are interested in having an active, playing an active role in their fan journey and wanting to kind of interact with our sport, not as passive viewers. So uh, those are just three areas that I've been focused on. Um, I could go on and on, but that's probably good for now. No, that's awesome. Um, How do you kind of think that, I mean, with your law history and going to law school how does that kind of help in you know the sports industry what kind of skills did you learn from that experience that you kind of brought into your careers with the NHL and now the NLL being a lawyer really trains you to think analytically Mm -hmm. and to be a clear communicator both in writing and verbally so, you know, I feel like when you go to law school and you have the opportunity to practice law, it really trains your mind to organize your thoughts in a very sort of linear way. Yeah. So that uh, you're sort of able to get your point across. But also, um, equally important, being a lawyer, you're trained to be a really good listener because in order to have a dialogue or potential compromise on an issue that may be arising, you really need to seek to understand the other side's perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, so being an active listener, a really good listener, a really important skill set for a lawyer as well. So I would say there's a lot of um, skills that are applicable in my day-to-day. I am practicing law still, and okay. you do act as a lawyer for the NLL as well. Okay, cool. Um, but those, those skills sort of show up on, in the business of the in our league as well. Yeah, was there kind of a, a moment where you um, kind of decided to, I mean, obviously you said you're still practicing law, but to kind of step away a little bit more from that and go to more the corporate side of um, sports organizations? Yeah, uh, probably it was about five or six years ago uh, when I transitioned into more of the social impact and uh, CSR role at the NHL. Mm-hmm. Really not necessarily a decision to leave the law, but rather a decision to learn other aspects 
of how sports leagues and sports organizations operate. I really, in my legal role, didn't have the opportunity to have visibility into the revenue side of the business. Yeah. And really wanted to sort of fill that that gap in my experience. Absolutely. So, um, it was it was I would say a pivot for me, but uh, definitely. Uh, my mom forces me to acknowledge that I'm still a practicing lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> um, she wants me to always say that. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever I, whenever I have the chance, I do. I, I definitely, um, there, there are plenty of lawyers out there who, you know, strive to be, quote, recovering lawyers. I, I don't describe myself, I don't describe myself as a recovering lawyer. Yeah. I, I really enjoy being a lawyer. Yeah. I also enjoy the opportunity to be on the business side. No, for sure. That's so cool. Um, as you kind of explained before, when you were at Michigan, you had the opportunities to work with a couple of the sports teams. Um, did you kind of have any past experience with lacrosse there or anywhere else before kind of coming into the NLL? Or was the NLL kind of the first look at uh, the lacrosse world for you? The first look at the lacrosse world by a lot. Yeah. I um, one of the, it's one of the few sports that neither of my kids really played. Okay. Um, they're 9 and 12 now, but um, I, I think they both maybe tried it when they were like five. Yeah. But it, it, it didn't take, um, and I didn't really have any experience in it, so I didn't push them. Uh, and in my world, like very few people um, play lacrosse okay. growing up. Um, that being said, in the hockey world, it, it's very sort of synonymous, as you probably know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> being from Canada with the hockey world. So I I definitely knew a lot of NHL players grew up spending summertime playing lacrosse. Um, I knew that it was, you know, heavy heavy influence in Canada. Um, So I I definitely had, like, peripheral awareness of it. Yeah. um, You know, small fraction of what I know today. For sure. Yeah, so what's that kind of like to, to jump into a new kind of sport that... I mean, you weren't really face front with in in your you know childhood and growing up. Yeah, well, I I would say luckily, um, despite being the deputy commissioner, it, we have other uh, executives in our office who know the game. So yeah, I will. I no matter how schooled I become in the sport, I will never have to be the lacrosse expert, and I never will try to be. Yeah. So I I know what I don't know, and I'm I'm not shy about sort of stepping out where I need to get expertise nope. from somebody who, who has that knowledge. For sure. Um, but uh, this lacrosse community has been insanely welcoming to yeah. me, uh, from the governing bodies, to the grassroots organizations, to the players, to the union, to our owners, mm-hmm. internally at the league office. Um, I, I really feel very blessed and welcomed with open arms. Everyone is sort of taking the time to explain a lot about the sport and the history and the culture and the heritage and the roots. Um, I, I wish we had gotten more of our season in so I could have gone to more games. But yeah. I'm thankful I got to go to a bunch of games, so I, I feel like I got a, at least a, a taste of, yeah. of our league and um, the, the ambiance and environment that you get when you come to an NLL game, so um, thankful for that. And yeah, it's been an overall outstanding experience. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's kind of one of the biggest parts of lacrosse, I feel like, is that kind of community atmosphere you get. Like, my entire family has grown up playing lacrosse. 
and um, it's just such a electric atmosphere no matter what kind of game you're at whether it's you know the NLL or a junior lacrosse game in our hometown it's just a really great uh, community to be in and I know that the NLL is definitely lucky to have someone with your uh, career history um, so Thank you. yeah of course um, so what's it like being in such a high position working in the sports world as a female I mean I dream of being in a position similar to you one day that would be amazing but what's that kind of like to be that female role well I, I take it really seriously mm-hmm. um, and uh, try to spend as much time as I can uh, balancing uh, being a good role model in how I show up for my for my job, mm-hmm. spend the time and put in the effort and never take anything for granted. So I always remind myself that really the way I got to where I am today is my work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there were plenty of people along the way who maybe were smarter than me, more qualified, had more connections, any of those things, but I feel like I, I was always willing to outwork anyone um, and make sure that everyone I worked for knew that they could count on me to be with them to get the job done yeah. happily with a, with a positive attitude. Absolutely. And, and I still feel that way today. Um, and so, you know, I, I try to sort of not forget the, what I think is probably my strongest attribute um, and, you know, keep keep those things going and not take them for granted. But then also, you know, I really do try to spend time mentoring and speaking with other individuals and specifically girls and women. But I, I speak with plenty of boys and men as well Yeah. Um, who want to get into the industry and really just help to coach them and advise them on their next steps and their where they are in their journey. Yeah. Um, a lot of people gave me the benefit of those conversations that really helped guide me through my career. And I, I know I look, looking back that there are plenty of opportunities where I could have missed up uh, had I not been given good advice. And yeah. so I really, um, as much as I possibly can, time permitting, try to make the time to help people out uh, wherever possible. No, absolutely. I think that's such a big part of trying to grow not only the sport, but also just the industry in itself. And growing characters of younger people striving to be in positions like you I think that's awesome that you're able to you know kind of give back to that because that's sometimes a lot of people are kind of missing that atmosphere of it and just trying to give back to people that are wanting to be like that um what do you kind of think is the most important for I mean young people in general but also just young females who want to get into the sports industry um to kind of know and what what they can develop to be able to get to where they want to go yeah I think uh, I can only speak from my experience I think um, the other thing that really served me well is my network mm-hmm. and I really took seriously and prioritized cultivating that network throughout my entire career yeah and so you know frankly that's not unique to women but no matter who you are I, I think um, being intentional and authentic in the relationships you're building and um, being conscious of what you can give and receive in those relationships. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, again, these are things that I still 
am conscious of and practice in my day to day. Pretty much everything that I do leans on my network on a daily basis, and I don't think there's anything that's more important, especially in our industry, which is so small, yeah. to make sure that you're sort of set up for success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean, with that, what's kind of something that you wish you knew when you were first starting out um, in the sports industry? I mean, obviously, you kind of went from that law perspective to uh, the the business side, as you said. But what's something that you kind of wish that someone could have given you advice uh, when you were starting out? Um, I guess to the extent I ever had frustrations throughout my career, it's really. Um, and maybe I just had to go through it um, to really experience it. Mm-hmm. But uh, just knowing that you know there were there would be opportunities where I wouldn't feel that those sort of obstacles. Yeah. There's like so many different organizations and people out there that that can support um, your career development and growth and that, um, you know, I learned later in my career to look for what I described as white space. Yeah. Spaces where, you know, you're, you're sort of, um, you don't have those sort of obstacles or moments where you feel frustrated mm-hmm. and identifying the places where there are opportunities or white space to be able to develop and put in your time. Yeah. Um, do you think that there's anything that young uh, people looking to be in that position can do during college or internship wise that can help prepare them for future roles and careers? Um, I would, you know, I think self-awareness, like I, I talk about this a lot. Um, well, my mom's a psychologist. And okay. So um, I sort of grew up with that sort of mentality of being intentional and conscious of uh, taking a pulse check on myself and like what my role is in a particular dynamic of a relationship and yeah. just being more self-aware. I, I have a, I wouldn't say it used to be daily. I try to make it daily, but certainly a regular practice of writing in my, in a journal. Yeah. Um, and just really what I call, you know, just taking a step back and just doing a assessment, a self-assessment of you know, what's going on, what's working, what's not working. Um, because oftentimes you find yourself in these sort of hamster wheel vicious cycles where you're kind of repeating behaviors over and over again that maybe you're contributing to an outcome that you don't want to be happening. And usually you're playing some role in that, even if you're not aware of it. And yeah. so um, I would say, or like developing a discipline of being more self-aware is, um, something that has really served me well, and I, I definitely always um, invite others to to do that introspective introspective work. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, what do you kind of think is the best part or most exciting part of your career right now, or just in your kind of career history? Uh, the best part of my career history, you said. Yeah. Um. I don't know, right now, uh, I think this latest challenge, I would say, yeah. um, coming through this global pandemic and figuring out a return to play strategy for next season mm-hmm. and 
you know, I've been through other work stoppages in the past, but they were due to labor dispute, and this is like a whole different animal. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm excited by the opportunity to have sports paved the way to having people feel a semblance of normalcy. Yeah. And I think sports has historically served that role in society, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm excited to be part of or that solution when the time is right and be part of the team that builds our strategy in a in a thoughtful safe and exciting way so that we could bring this these moments to our fans that we know everybody sorely needs right now and um so i would say what i'm going through right now is definitely the thing that um i'm looking back the thing that I'm most excited about yeah no I mean you talk a ton about you know that sports kind of brings communities together and that can kind of be like you said the pathway to feeling a little bit normal but what do you kind of do um with the league or how do you think you can strategize um for bringing the fans back in and getting excited about next season, hopefully, and uh, strategizing what that is kind of going to look like? I think it really, um, you know, just number one, not getting too far ahead of ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think our league has done a really good job of um, sort of assessing the situation and making a decision early on that from a business standpoint, it made the most sense to focus on next season. Absolutely. And, um, that gives us the benefit of time. So, you know, while we're working every day and having conversations about contingency planning and watching every single thing that's happening every single day, yeah, we don't have to rush to deploy a strategy right now. For sure. And so our strategy is to listen and learn and research and get smarter about what makes the most sense yeah. when the time comes for us to have to make a decision. And we're just we're not at that point yet. And so I think part of this is uh, for a lot of people, the discipline to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Like, yeah. That's very hard for people. For sure. Including me. I mean, I, I, I love predictability and structure as much as any other person, yep. especially <laughs> a lawyer. Um, but, you know, right now the best thing for the business is to watch what's happening yeah. and, uh, put together strategies and ideas, but not jump to decisions that we don't have to make. Absolutely. No, I've been following along with, I mean, all of the NLL social media. And I guess the biggest thing right now is that you guys just announced an expansion team in uh, Fort Worth. Um, so what does that kind of mean for, you know, the NLL moving forward? And um, how excited are you about that new new expansion team? I'm so excited to have a team in Fort Worth. Yeah. Uh, Texas uh, is a, an important state geographically for our league. Absolutely. In terms of its location. It's a large DMA for viewership and, and television purposes. Uh, we have sort of the mix of a great market, a great arena, and great ownership, which is the recipe for success for an expansion franchise. And... So we're super excited to have a proper runway to build their inaugural season, which will be in, I guess, around 18 months. Yeah. 15 to 18 months. And so we have a full, fully big strategy for onboarding Fort Worth 
and ensuring that they're set up for success. And I'm really excited for that process. That's not something that I've ever done before in yeah. my time at the NHL. So excited to be leading sort of the setup of a team and seeing what happens from day one when you turn the lights on. Yeah, no, I mean, everyone I've talked to is super excited. Texas is going to be a great place. Like, the growth of lacrosse there has just been unbelievable, and I know that the the crave for professional lacrosse there is, is going to be huge, and so that's, that's super exciting. I mean, finally, is there anything um, advice-wise for younger people that kind of look up to you as a as a female role model, but also just as a business and, and law figure um, that you would that you would give to them? Uh, that's um, such a hard question. <laughs> I would say um, just be true to who you are. And I think uh, what makes organizations successful is the opportunity to bring together different perspectives. So, you know, be confident in your unique contribution and work hard and be professional in your approach and be diligent. And I, I genuinely believe that uh, if you do those things, it'll work out. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and words of wisdom to everyone uh, that's going to hopefully listen to this. Um, it means a lot to me to be able to talk to you and, I mean, just for myself, get some advice and learn a little bit more about you. And I'm excited to see what you do for the NLL. And I know everyone else is super excited to have uh, a strong female person on board. So thank you so much for taking the time to, you know, talk with me and uh, everything else. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode and a special thanks to Jessica Berman for being on the first one. We hope you guys tune in next week on Fast Break with Mackie.